So I have two questions. I want you to, uh, to take a moment to really think about. Honestly, uh, give it some thought, see what you come up with. The first question is, what is the greatest sacrifice you have ever made for someone? What is the most you have ever given up to ensure somebody else's safety or, or to guarantee their happiness? You might remember the definition of sacrifice we looked at a couple times back in the fall, that sacrifice is when you give up something you love for someone you love even more. And so as you think about that, take just a minute and consider what is the greatest sacrifice you've ever made for someone else. I'll give you just a second to think about that. You might need some more time, but, uh, but you're not going to get it. You're going to have to sacrifice that time. The second question I want you to consider now is uh, maybe a little easier to consider, maybe a little more difficult. What is the greatest sacrifice someone else has ever made for you? Now, we know the big answer to this question. We're here to talk about the, the greatest sacrifice ever made, but can you think of someone in your life, a family member or or a friend, or maybe even a complete stranger who gave up something really big for you. Think about that for just a moment. Now when I think about that second question, my thoughts are taken back to to a dark and chilly night in Portland, Oregon in my college days. I found myself walking through Alberta Park. Let's see if we can get the picture up there. There we go. It's not a very good picture, actually. It might not have even been worth sharing, but, uh, but this is where it happened. It was, it was dark, it was cold, it was raining, and uh, this girl that I was very interested in, and inexplicably who had a little bit of an interest, at least in me, uh, walked to this park together, and we found ourselves uh, sitting on a park bench in the middle of the rain, no umbrella, and we just talked and talked and talked. And I remember during that conversation, I asked her, could you ever see yourself as a pastor's wife? Now, we both knew how loaded that question was, especially since uh, we weren't really even dating yet. But before I could regret asking the question or feel too awkward about it, Emily responded fervently, yes. She didn't even have to think about it, it seemed. And two years later, she said yes again, and she's been by my side ever since, even when that's meant uh, moving all over the place, leaving behind a city she loves and a family she loves even more for a ministry that's literally halfway across the country. In our eight and a half years of marriage, Emily has repeatedly sacrificed her own desires for my sake and now for the sake of our son, too. Every day, Emily teaches me that love is sacrifice. That's why we're all here today. We're continuing our uh, What is Love Connect series, and in our journey through 1 John together, we've talked about how love is light and how love is flesh and blood. Well, today John teaches us that love is sacrifice, and he does so with one of the most simple and yet most profound statements in all of Scripture. By this, we know love that he laid down his life for us. John is saying, essentially, 
You want to know what love is? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. What is love? Look at the cross. There, more than anywhere else in all of history or in all the universe, love is most clearly seen. If the cross were an answer in in the the show Jeopardy, the, the question would be, what is love? We know what love is when we see that he sacrificed his life for us, undeserving sinners though we were. And that sacrifice has brought us into the light of God's love, has made us God's own flesh and blood. And the one word that describes what Jesus did for us on the cross is also the one word that tells us why he did it. Love. As we heard Jesus himself say, greater love has no one than this. Someone laid down his life for his friends. But his life wasn't all that Jesus sacrificed for us. When he chose to become a man and, and to suffer humiliating death at the hands of men, he sacrificed his glory for us. In Philippians, Paul says that Jesus, though he was in, by very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Today in the, in the church here, on the church calendar, it's Transfiguration Sunday a day where we are reminded of the incomparable glory of Christ. I think we often underestimate just how much Jesus gave up just to come to us. But uh, on a mountaintop in Israel, Peter and James and John saw Jesus in all of his splendor. His clothes were, were radiant and intensely white. They saw there just how much Jesus had emptied himself to come for us. In his transfiguration, Jesus showed us the glory that he was willing to sacrifice to save us. And there on that mountain, he set his glorious flaming eyes on the cross. And he saw there the joy of our salvation. Our Lord, who for that joy set before him endured the cross, would show us on that other mountain that love is sacrifice. Such a sacrifice of love demands a response. When the full power of what Jesus did there for each one of us has an impact on us, we cannot help but give our lives to him. But how do we go about doing this? Well, the scriptures actually give us a a few different sacrifices that that it invites us to offer up to Jesus. And uh, you can see those in your sermon outline and, and maybe fill those in. The first is a sacrifice of repentance. King David uh, once wrote in one of his heartfelt confessions that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. We have an opportunity to offer the sacrifice of repentance in, in a very special way, actually, starting this week. What is this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday? Ash Wednesday, the the day we remember our mortality and we also begin the season of Lent, uh, a time that we set aside to to ponder the, the overwhelming weight of our sin and the overwhelming love of Jesus who took that burden off of us and laid it upon himself. 
You know, John starts talking about repentance at the very beginning of his letter with the words that we've been sharing at the start of our worship services, where we acknowledge that, that if we say we're without sin, we're just lying to ourselves. But if we confess that sin, God is faithful and will forgive us and take that sin far away from us. Jesus said that he didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners, people who mess up every day like you and me. We offer up a pleasing sacrifice to God when we come before him with hearts of repentance. This then leads us to offer up a sacrifice of praise. We've kind of been dipping our feet in in the book of Hebrews here and there the past couple weeks, and, and we'll do that again today. In chapter 13, Hebrews says, Through Jesus then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. When we lift up the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are offering up a sacrifice of praise that is pleasing to Him. This is why coming together to to worship together as a church is, is so vital for our Christian life. Not only is worship where God comes to us and brings His great gifts of forgiveness and life, it's also where we come to Him to to uh, lift up our hearts in love and in gratitude for what he's done for us. At seminary, we called the things that God does for us in worship sacramental. And the things that we do as a response to God's love, we called sacrificial. When we worship God, we are offering up a sacrifice of praise. But of course, we know that worship is far more than just a Sunday morning gathering, it is a way of life. And so our sacrifice for Jesus is, is really best described as a sacrifice of a holy life. The scriptures are full of guidance on how to live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, earlier we heard from the prophet Micah, and he, he asked essentially, you know, what, what should I bring to the Lord? What sacrifice is he looking for? Is he looking for burnt offerings, rams, calves, Oils, maybe even my firstborn son? No. Micah says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Micah teaches us that we are to come before God not with burnt offerings, but with our very lives. Micah's questions are are really asking what true worship of God ought to look like. And the answer is that it involves giving our entire selves to God. Paul's picking up on this in Romans then when he he says pretty famously that uh, we ought to, you know, by the mercies of God, offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Paul says this is your spiritual act of worship. Micah teaches us that this means uh, doing these, these things, doing justice, loving kindness and mercy, uh, walking humbly with God. Jesus fulfilled this threefold mission for us by satisfying the justice of God when he died for us, by demonstrating God's kindness and mercy when he brought the forgiveness of sins to each one of us, displaying God's humility when he came as a man for us and emptied himself for our sake. We are called to live like Jesus, to do justice in our lives and to, uh, 
to treat people fairly, to show God's kindness and mercy and to forgive one another, to show humility instead of pride or arrogance. And so we begin to see pretty quickly that our sacrifice for Jesus is, in the end, inseparable from the sacrifice of love that God calls us to make for others. Really, if you're following along in your sermon notes, uh, our sacrifice for others could be a, a subheading under our sacrifice for Jesus. Because when we love one another, we love God. As John says again and again, we see this especially in, in that first blank you have there. Our sacrifice for others means first and foremost giving them the gospel. Giving the gospel means giving the same grace and forgiveness to others that God has given to you. Not holding things against other people and, and especially not, not counting them as unworthy to be a part of God's people like you are. In that book that I quoted last week from Bob Goff, he says that we should think of ourselves not like the bouncers in God's kingdom keeping the wrong people out, but like the ushers who simply show people their seats that someone else paid for. This means not just living the gospel for people, but also speaking the gospel to people, telling everybody with ears that they have a Savior who gave up everything for them. And if we truly let the magnitude of what Christ's sacrifice means, if we let that seep deep into our being, we are are going to be willing to sacrifice anything to get that message out to everybody we can. Our pride, our, our dignity, our social status, even our lives, if it comes to that. Now, yesterday was Valentine's Day, a, a day that, that our culture says is about candy and, and flowers and romance. And all of that's fine, but that's not really how the holiday started out. It started out to, to remember a man named St. Valentine who was murdered, who was martyred for his faith. Because he took seriously Christ's command to make disciples of all nations. Loving others sacrificially means giving them the gospel no matter what the cost. It also means giving of our, giving of our things, giving of our stuff. If each one of us were to take an exhaustive inventory of everything we own, I'm betting that every single one of us would find that we have far more than we thought we did, you know, money, possessions, whatever. And God tells us to be generous with all of that stuff. When we recognize that it all belongs to God in the first place, that becomes a little bit easier, you know, to give to the church as God calls us to do, uh, to give enough that it's a sacrificial gift. Maybe it even hurts just a little bit. We also, and we especially give to those who are in need, this is actually a big part of uh, where our offerings to the church go, but we're also called to do this as individual Christians. Again, we let the book of Hebrews chime in for us, where it says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. John is echoing this statement in, in the section that we're looking at today, where, where John says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, but closes his heart to him, how can the love of God abide in him? Loving others means sharing our stuff, our things, generously with them. Finally, and most importantly, loving others sacrificially means giving of our very selves. 
We've already looked at the first part of our theme verse for today where John writes, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We've talked about how Jesus sacrificed his life and his glory for us, really only to take them back up again and then to share his life and and even his glory with us. But that's only the first half of the verse. John says that this means something for how we, we live for others. Jesus has laid down his life for us, and John says, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We must lay down our lives for one another. Sacrificial love is selfless love, where we are called to give up something we love for someone we love even more. Aside from Jesus, it's hard to think of a better example than the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day in the military. You know, I thought it would be a great idea to share a, a story of a soldier who, who sacrificed or something like that. So I was, I was looking for a story to share and I ended up finding this picture instead. And it really just blew me away. I suppose it does tell a story uh, far better than any words could. You can't quite make out everything that, that's going on up there. This is a wounded soldier who's being medevaced. And on his body, he has tattooed the words, For those I love... I will sacrifice. Apparently he did just that. Now I don't know what ended up happening to this soldier, but I do know that he was willing to lay down his life for those he loved. Now most of us will probably never find ourselves in a position where we uh, literally give up our life for someone else, but that doesn't mean that we don't live out the sacrificial love of God by laying down our lives for one another. Love is sacrifice, always. The kind of love that God created and and demonstrated and then calls us to live out is a costly one because it is all about laying ourselves down, putting the needs of other people first. Having this kind of relationship with someone is difficult. That's why we don't really see it out there very often. I think a lot of people kind of have the attitude of this dapper gentleman in this uh, internet meme. He says, having a healthy relationship takes sacrifice, which is why I'm willing to sacrifice having a healthy relationship. Love is sacrifice, so it's tough to do. But as we've been talking about this whole month, we do it because God did it for us. Mother Teresa, who is another shining example of sacrificial love, was quoted as saying, A sacrifice, to be real, must cost, must hurt, must empty ourselves. Jesus has shown us what this looks like, and he invites us to join in on the adventure of loving people like he does. We'll get some cuts and bruises, but Jesus did too. And one day we will rise above it all just like he did. Now risen from the dead, Jesus stands as our example, our inspiration, and especially our source of forgiveness and grace when we fall short. And so as John says, little children, by the way, preschoolers, when John says little children, he's talking to you. And everybody else, when John says little children, he's talking to you. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. 
because we know what love is by Jesus' sacrifice for us. And so we show what love is by our sacrifice for others. You know love. So go show him to people with your lives. In his name, in the name of Jesus, amen.